Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Let's talk. Uh, Justin Trudeau now has invited the premiers for a health care summit here. Wow. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. February 7th, uh, he's finally announced that he'll finally meet with the premiers to discuss this. Uh, the premiers call for a huge injection of federal money into the health care system. I uh, want to go from 30 to, uh, 22%, 23% current federal contribution to north of 30%. Uh, $27 billion, I think, is what we're talking about here. The feds have signaled they want, they don't want to give money over with no strings attached. They want right. some sort of say in how this money's spent. One of the things that is on the table is um, the federal role in establishing a, a data collection. So everyone is singing from the same so- song sheet when it comes to statistics and such. Doug Ford in Ontario, Francis Legault in Quebec were the first to sort of break from the common front of the premiers a few weeks ago saying, yeah, sure, okay, we can live with some strings attached if you get more money. And I think you're going to see other premiers uh, fall in line. So it's not gonna, we're not going to have a deal on February 7th, but it's the start of talks. Let's have a listen to what Trudeau had to say on this. This morning, I invited the premiers to join me in Ottawa on February 7th for a working meeting on health care. It'll be an opportunity to share with them our plans to support the healthcare systems across the country. Long time coming. There's been a lot of pressure here on the feds here to do something here about healthcare. Yeah, and we've always speculated it was going to be closer to the next election rather than yeah. farther away. So again, this will be the start of a conversation. I right. suspect there'll be at least one more meeting after that before a deal is finally hammered out. Uh, and perhaps it's hammered out in, in sort of stages. Fits and starts were maybe, in the lead up to another election. Yeah, wow, what a what a shocker! How that would cynical be. of you to think that election? Well, I think I think you'll probably see Ottawa it. contribute some money yeah. in, uh, fairly quickly to the provinces, but the, in terms of getting to the final number, I don't think that's going to happen overnight. Yeah, you mentioned that the premiers of Ontario and Quebec were the first to kind of cave on mm-hmm. this and say, "Well, we're willing to live with some federal strings attached to this money." Adrian Dix, the B.C. health minister, I think had been pretty consistent that he, they were resisting, B.C. was resisting any kind of uh, earmarks well, on this money, right? Under the Constitution, provinces are responsible for health care in yeah. determining how the money is spent. Ottawa has been creeping into the provincial area. They're talking about their own, a, a pharma, national pharmacare program, national yeah. dental program. Uh, so there's always been this tug-of-war and tension between the federal government and the provinces when it comes to who's running the health care system. It's clear the provinces do run the healthcare system, but the, Ottawa's taking the view, well, if you want a massive injection of cash, $27 billion, we should have some say in how that money's spent. So the provinces have pushed back, and now they're not pushing back quite as much. $27 billion. Wow. That's like an annual number, yeah. right? Like yeah. this is $27 billion every year. Yeah, it probably keeps going up. It's a percentage. The provinces want their feds. When Medicare was first established, when the public health care system was established in the 1960s, 50% was paid for by Ottawa, 50% was paid by the provinces. That um, equation has tra- changed drastically to a 75-25 or even a 77-23 uh, 
uh, type split. And the province was saying, you've got to come up to the plate with more money like you did in the past. It started to be changed at various administrations over the years. Paul Martin, John Cretchen, Stephen Harper all changed the form, funding formula. And the provinces, as healthcare costs just keep growing up because of technology, aging population, population growth, all putting pressure on the healthcare system, uh, increasing costs. The provinces are saying enough's enough. You've got to come up with more money on the federal end. Okay, Vancouver Mayor Ken Sim yesterday, his state of the city address to a business audience in Vancouver. And one of the big applause lines that he had in that speech, Keith, was a promise to get rid of the controversial 25 cent disposable cup yeah. fee in Vancouver by the by this summer. So I think that's kind of a no-brainer for him in that direction. What do you think? Uh, well, yeah, I think Ken Sim and his uh, party are signaling they want to get back to basics, you know, just fix the potholes. Really? I heard him say he wanted he wanted us to be more like Austin, Texas. Well, I think I think Miami. I think you're going to see a less less intrusive administration on on I wouldn't say goofy things, but things that aren't really attached and to the typical notion of city hall and the cup fee is a good example of that. Yeah. You know, where do we elect politicians to come up with ideas like that? Are we elect politicians to basically fix the streets, fix the neighborhoods, get yeah. things done on a normal basis rather than adding things on that we don't really on top of mind when we go to the ballot box. Especially when that cup fee has no measurable kind of benefit yeah, or outcome. Like There's been no indication that this has dramatically reduced the amount of garbage like going a, into a, landfill. It seemed like a cash grab yeah, to, to most people. Right. And really not really something you associate with your city hall politicians. I spoke to Brad West about it on a recent show, the mayor of Port Coquitlam, to get his take on this because he told me that after Vancouver brought in their cup fee, there was a restaurant in Poco that started to charge the fee. They put a sign up in their window saying this is a municipal fee. He said he sent his staff down there and said, hang on, we don't have this cup fee in Port Coquitlam, (laughs) so knock it off. Now, I asked him what he thought of the Vancouver cup fee, and here's what he told me. People are being nickel and dimed. It's a a cash grab. And they dress it up as some big environmental act. You know, (laughs) uh, from what I hear, you know, they have trouble getting the recycling picked up in Vancouver. Maybe that should be the priority. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I've long said, Brad, keep an eye on Brad West. This is a politician that's, I think, uh, going places, speaks for a lot of people. He's very much of the view. I've talked to Brad West many times about this. He's much of the view, stick to the basics. Pick up your recycling. Pick up the garbage. Fix the potholes. Yeah. Make the streets safe. You know, Fix the traffic problems. Uh, the basic stuff that City Hall does. Don't get into these, these areas that are sort of touchy-feely. And as he points out, uh, he labels it a, a cash grab as well with no discernible impact on the environment. Yeah, I mean, if you could come up with a program that could reduce garbage going to the landfill, I, I think that would be great, yeah. right? But when you have a system where mi- millions, literally millions and millions of dollars are flowing to the owners of coffee shops, restaurants, fast food joints, for what? For what? Like, there's no, there doesn't seem to be any, there have been no statistics released by this city on how it's working. No. We don't know how much money is flowing to these retailers. Well, it's all interesting. That, all we know is it's, it's multi-millions of dollars. Brad West mentioned recycling. So you go back 20 years, we didn't have recycling. You know, yeah. they didn't have the Blue Box program. I just drove to, in to work when it's recycling day in Victoria. Uh, there's blue boxes everywhere. And the, the amount of blue boxes and, and recycling you see now on the curb is just Sure. Ten times more than it was ten years ago. So people are buying into that program right. in a big way, and uh, it, it, and, and it's, you know, whether it's working on it, it's definitely reducing the amount that's going in the landfill for sure. 
And Victoria and other uh, municipalities have bought into recycling in a huge way. They're not going to buy into this cup fee. Okay, I know you heard my conversation about the robot waiter and whether you should tip a robot, right? So this happened in Vancouver, customer not happy. She served by a robot in a Vancouver restaurant and then asked for a tip. In Vegas, there's a bar that has robot bartenders. Same thing, guys. And why am I tipping a robot? Yeah. So this is like the tip creep. Have you noticed that there's more tip requests? Oh, yeah. Uh, you mentioned, I mean, you look at uh, the, the tip offerings you get start at 15% and then yeah. go as high as 30%. Yeah. And you're labeled like 15%, great. 25%, fantastic. You know, yeah. with the word 30%, you're fin- you're you're incredible. Yeah. You know, trying to stroke your ego if, yeah. if you tip more, tip more. In the beginning of the pandemic, I made a conscious effort to tip more because to keep these businesses afloat, to keep people at work. Uh, and I'm still tipping at a high rate, but I would not tip a robot. <laughs> tip a robot. Okay. I'll, tip a, I'll tip a waiter or a waitress because they don't make a lot of money, but they do get by. Tips are very important to them. And that's the whole reason for tipping, if it's good service. There's two elements to it. There's the tip inflation or tipflation, as they call it, where the requested or suggested tip amount is going up, up continually. And then there's what they call the tip creep. Like So the number of or different type of businesses that ask you for a tip is expanding as well. So have a listen to this clip about a, a customer in the drive through here of a fast food joint. Listen to this. I get up to the pay window and she's like, how much do you want a tip? And I'm just like, what? And she's like, yeah, did you want to leave a tip? And she's like pointing to them. And I was like, oh, no, not today. And then I just felt really uncomfortable. But like, homegirl, what am I going to tip you for? I'm in the drive through. Yeah, so oh she's, my in, God. she's in the drive through and you get asked for a tip. Well, the person asking for the tip probably isn't making a lot of money. Well, yeah, minimum so, wage. Yeah. So, I mean, I can certainly see the argument you tip to boost that person's income. But sure. these others, so you mentioned dry cleaners. Oh, well, yeah. Are they, they're asking for a tip? Yeah, I've heard this. I've heard that some do. I've never understood what prices in dry cleaning are based on ever. I mean, <laughs> they don't post the prices. You just say, do my jacket and they come back. As or you get t- ask for a tip but get an oil change. No. You ever no. had that happen? Uh, like- no. I, 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 personally, I tie tips to the amount the person uh, who's serving me makes. And yeah. if I know they're making a low wage, I'm going to tip them. If it's so, a, it's not based on service. It's based on what you well, perceive to be their well rate. and service. I mean, if it's, okay. if, it's, if if they're a horrible server, then I don't think you're going to get a big tip. But if yeah. you're just some young person just trying to get through, well, yeah, you know, sure, tip them. I mean, in some way, you can't blame people for asking. No. Well, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. Well, you, do you that's blame, unusual. Well, do you blame the the worker or the guy who owns the restaurant? Because this is a management decision. Yeah, no, right? that, you're that, allowed to ask for the tip. That's an, I'm not seen that situation before being asked for a tip, uh, but verbally. But when you're giving, no, them, I'm talking about the prompt on the on the keypad. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. that's different than a, the clip you just played of a, the server actually asking for a tip. Okay. I mean, I think that's a little different. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or Zepbound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. 
because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Baldry's Beat phone lines are open. 604-280-9898. Star 9898 on your cell. Al in Coquitlam. Hi, Al. Go ahead. Hi, good morning, guys. Personally, I think that 25-cent fee should be, uh, should be gone towards a recycling program that both Tim Hortons and Starbucks should be responsible for. Every public garbage can I look in is full of their cups. I mean, this is, it, it's frankly, in my mind, is completely out of hand, and they should be uh, paid to be responsible for collecting those cups and recycling them. I mean, it's, to me, it, in and of itself, is, is a huge problem. Yeah, well, oh, well, you know, you know, if there was a thanks for the call. I mean, if the program was did have some sort of dedicated revenue stream that actually resulted in more recycling, I don't know, maybe there'd be more public support for it. But yeah, but you're right. There were no benchmarks with this yeah. uh, this uh, cut fee. There was no measurable outcomes right. with this, yeah. and that's what you need to have. Uh, and that's why you know people have bought into the recycling program. Yeah. Most municipalities, sure. You know, again, twenty years ago, you didn't see the blue boxes and the cardboard piled up on the on the curbs every second Wednesday or whatever the day is in, in your neighborhood. But you do see it now. The way it works now is the money flows directly to the retailers, and those retailers are encouraged to spend that money on recycling or, or put in a dishwasher to bring in a cup share program. And some have. Yep. Some have, but not many. I mean, I think it's a very small minority of places that have actually done that. Well, remember, so most are just pocketing the money. For two years in the pandemic, you weren't allowed to bring your own cup in. Well, that's the other thing. Like a lot of helper. places won't, they won't fill your cup. At least that's what I've heard. Yeah. That's starting to change though. Uh, Jennifer in Vancouver. Hi. Hi. Hi, hi there. Hi. Go ahead. Yeah. I, um, I run a recycling company, um, here in Vancouver and, and all we do is coffee shop waste. So we pick up the waste from the coffee shops and, uh, we teach them how to use that 25 cent fee on each single-use cup that they sell and uh, fund our recycling program directly. So I, I hear what your last caller was saying is, you know, that type of thing should should exist, and um, that's what we've done. And, and I can tell you that, you know, the amount of, 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 of coffee shops in Vancouver that have um, started doing it, is, it's, 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 it's not quite enough. You know, we, we definitely need more coffee shops using this fee for its intended purpose, and that is to keep cups at a landfill. Yeah, okay, so that's very interesting. I'm glad you called in, Jennifer. Yeah. So when you collect these used coffee cups, what happens to them? Yeah, so we send them into the conventional, um, traditional recycling system that we have access to curbside here in, in B.C. Recycle B.C.'s, you know, got a really great, fantastic service, curbside. But commercial coffee shop owners just don't have access to that same, you know, that, that same program. It's a curbside uh, program for residents. It's not a commercial program. They're responsible for their own recycling. And so mm. because the traditional recycling companies do not want those cups, because it's such a mess. There's, a, you know, other waste in, the, in all of these recycling bins. There's a big puddle of coffee at the bottom at the end of the day, and the barista goes to take out that bag and put it in the recycling bin. The recyclers can't take that. They don't want it. There's a problem uh, there. It's a mess. 
Yeah. So when you when you sort the cups, we, we have these stackers. We have these three tubes. They mount on the wall. It's a stainless steel tube. It gives the customer a spot to pour out their liquid, stack their cup, stack their lid. That's the mess-free separation that, that these processors of the cups that, recy- that recycle it for our curbside programs, that's the kind of thing they want. They want and, relatively clean cups. And have, you, and have you seen your business go up since the cup fee came in? Like, are more restaurants doing that? Really not as much as we had expected with the cup no. fee. Right. Um, it, it's, we have 14 coffee shops on board, um, and we expected the, the coffee shop owners to say, okay, you know what, we've got this fee coming in, um, and we expected a lot of them to step up. It's really the green-minded ones that kind of have gone, yeah. okay, wow, here's the, you know, here's the money to do this thing finally, um, and so let's just put it where it's, you know, where it's intended to go. Okay. Um, well, yeah. th- thank yeah. you. Thank you for the call. You're th- Bit of recycling 101 there, you know? Yeah. How it actually works. Well, I'm really grateful for that call yeah. because. Good for Jennifer. Okay. But, but her point that there's not a lot of buy in from these that's restaurants. It, that's it, right. And that's the problem. If, if the program's not working and people aren't participating, try, is it time to try something else? Yeah. So these restaurants, it doesn't sound like a lot of coffee shops are calling Jennifer's no. company and saying, hey, let's set up a recycling program. Four, awesome. Four, we got all this extra money. Let's four, go for 14 it. 14 companies. Yeah, 14, 14 coffee shops. Not out of many. Hundreds of coffee shops. Yeah. You would think. So not a big buy in on a program that's eventually going to be scrapped. Right.